0: Zoe McLennan and Simon Bandaroff. Last Saturday, I was lucky enough to attend one of the final consultations held across Canada in response to the current Liberal government's climate action plan. Trudeau is gathering suggestions from communities across Canada to help draft a new climate action plan that will meet the current goals to cap global warming at 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, all while continuing to stimulate the Canadian economy. This consultation was held in Trudeau's own riding and organized by residents and organizations of Papineau and surrounding ridings. Representatives of student unions, environmental, women's, and cultural groups gave brief presentations on their community's unique perspective on the issue. Several specialists were there to discuss the current state of Canada's climate action. First off, there was Eddie Perez from Realité Climatique Canada.
1: good uh, bon morning
0: His presentation was in French, so I'll give you a little English summary. He emphasized how lovely it was to see action being taken on climate issues after 10 years of silence under the previous government that was here in place in Canada. He also pointed out that Canada is not the best example for climate action. In 2005, we wanted to reduce our emissions by 30%, but have actually been increasing since then. He also pointed out it's going to be pretty hard to reach our goal that put in place at the Paris Accords, to not go over 1.5 degrees Celsius. This is due to our economic dependence on the oil industry, and it still looks like it's going to increase. However, to make it not increase, he outlined three goals. There was the implementation of the Paris Accords. I'm going to take a small parenthesis here and just recap what the Paris Accords is. This is taken from climatechange.gc.ca, a government website. On December 12, 2015, Canada and 194 other countries reached the Paris Agreement, an ambition and balanced agreement to fight climate change. This new agreement will strengthen the effort to limit the global average temperature rise to well below 2 degrees Celsius and pursue efforts to limit the increase to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The Paris Agreement and accompanying decisions recognize the essential roles of sub-national governments, cities, civil society, the private sector, and financial institutions in responding to climate change, and affirm the importance of engagement with all levels of the government. The agreement also identifies the need to respect, promote, and consider the right of indigenous people, local communities, human rights, and gender equality when taking climate action. The agreement also includes language describing the need for just transition of the workforce to a lower carbon economy, the creation of decent work and quality jobs, and education, public participation, and public access to information. Eddie really emphasized how important it is to implement the Paris Accords. At a Three Amigos meeting between America, Mexico, and Canada, Canada agreed to reduce emissions of metal as a result of the search for oil by 40-45% to 45% by 2025. Also, in Vancouver, it was recently decided to reduce the amount of money spent on the oil industry in Canada. How are we going to achieve this, he asked? Well, that's the point of the consultation. To create the new Climate Action Plan, Canada is asking everyone, all communities across Canada, about their suggestions on what we should be doing. Eddie then introduced Peter Scheifke, Parliamentary Secretary of Youth for the Prime Minister. It's
1: a pleasure to be here. My name is Peter Scheifke. I'm the Deputy of vaudreuil and also the Secretary of the of Prime Minister for Youth. Peter apologized for
0: the Prime Minister's absence, as Justin Trudeau is currently prepping for GA. Yeah, I think we can forgive Most of his presentation was held in English, so I'll let you hear what he had to say.
1: One of the things that I'm really proud of is the fact that in nine months, we have been able to undo a lot of the damage that was done in ten years of inaction. And I want you to understand that for me, this is the reason I went into politics. Je me suis présenté comme candidat parce que j'ai travaillé comme c'est bien, Je suis le directeur national pour Réalité climatique Canada, qui est l'organisation fondée par l'ancienne vice-présidente Al Gore. J'ai fait ça parce que je pense sincèrement que les changements climatiques, c'est le défi de notre génération. J'ai quitté ma job en 2013 pour me présenter à temps plein dans les élections parce que je ne pouvais plus rien faire avec l'ancien gouvernement. Je voulais faire partie des changements. And for why I'm very proud of the actions we have taken since the elections on October 2015. And I want to share some of those with you very briefly. First, for the first time in 10 years, we played a positive role in the climate negotiations. And not just a positive role, we played a leadership role. We were instrumental in bringing countries together to sign that accord that allows for all of the countries to go back to their respective countries and ensure that we do not raise temperatures by 1.5 degrees. Is it a perfect accord? By all means, it's not. Is it a step in the right direction? 100%. And it showed the world that Canada is back as a positive player on the international scene. Number two. When we returned, the Prime Minister talked
0: to the Prime les of each province and province et to say, if we si on va succeed, here, he's talking about how all communities and organizations and the government need to work together.
1: Travaillent avec les gouvernements provinciaux, travaillent avec les municipalités. Sinon, ça va jamais marcher. Et en mois d'octobre, ça en vient. Tous les premiers ministres vont se rencontrer encore pour montrer leur plan, et on va voir comment on peut travailler ensemble pour atteindre nos. What's interesting, though, is not just words. For those of you who looked at the budget that we released on March 22nd. We have historic funding for green technology and green infrastructure, totaling $120 billion in infrastructure spending over 10 years. Now, what does that mean in real terms? It means that
0: He then talked about investments in transportation.
1: In <inaudible> to help us find solutions instead of using our own cars. We talk about investments like Ontario, where Chevrolet has announced, by the Prime Minister, that the next generation of electric cars will be produced here in Canada. I have a Chevy Bolt that I'm very happy about, but I'm even more excited about the Chevy Bolt that is now going to be built in Ontario that's going to get 300 km to the full charge. And it's going to be under $40,000, making it accessible to the average population. These are things that I'm very excited about. And I've got to say, and, and I say that, by the way, with the caveat that $40,000 is still expensive, but it's a lot less expensive than a Tesla. Let's put it that way. But we have a lot more work to do. Est-ce qu'on C'est ça.
0: Then we moved on to Adrienne Grimard. Merci,
2: Peter. Okay. Bonjour, tout le monde. Donc, She pointed out how even
0: though emissions have stabilized, the world economy has grown, so the balance is possible and that this is an actually very exciting fact. She focused on renewable energy and Canada's goal of relying on 100% renewable energy sources by 2050 point out how this shift will bring 700,000 new jobs in Canada in 40 years, and help citizens save $9,000 per year on average. We also heard from others, such as Elodie Ecoben, from Pastoral Social Villere and Centre des Femmes d'ici et d'ailleurs.
2: Bonjour. Uh,
1: avant de commencer, je to uh, d'abord reconnaître que nous sommes ici en territoire non cédé Mohawk.
0: focused on the social implications of climate change, and how we cannot forget about how disadvantaged populations must continue to be considered throughout this process. We then moved on to Kristen Perry with AVEC. She presented the youth's point of view on the situation. We actually interviewed Kristen on our show a few weeks ago about her zero-waste lifestyle. You can listen to that in our archives. Here's what she had to say. Sure.
2: Hi. uh, So my name is Kristen Perry. I'm a representative for AVEC, which is the Association for the Voice of Education in Quebec. Um, And I just want to talk a little bit about the youth perspective on uh, some of these issues that we're discussing today. So as youth, we're really going to be experiencing a disproportionate amount of the impacts of climate change because we're going to be hopefully living a lot longer. Um, And so we really need to work for intergenerational justice and think about, um, you know, how people currently are going to be impacted and also how future generations are going to be impacted who's using the resources. A lot of uh, the current generation are using a lot of the resources now um, and in the past half. And so when we think about the future, we need to think about how we're going to be distributing the things that we have left equally amongst our generations so that um, we, can, we can essentially have a livable future. Um, but we're also the generation that's most conscious of a lot of these issues. We've grown up hearing about the impacts in school. Uh, we've seen a lot of them happening. And so we kind of are very attuned to this issue um, more than any other generation before, I think. So in terms of the MX official positions, we do favor a transition to a, re- a renewable energy economy that's really respecting both humans, but also the environment. Um, we favor all efforts to reduce fossil fuel dependence, which I think most people in this room would agree with. And we also oppose transport of oil and gas by pipeline. Um, so everyone who think, uh, who opposes energies, could you stand up? <laughs> Who's Almost there? everyone stood up. Great. So if you are, the National Energy Board is actually going to be having um, some consultations. Everyone can sit down. Thanks so much. It's uh, coming up very soon. Uh, so on Monday, if you want to come welcome the National Energy Board, which is reviewing Energies, there will be uh, a welcoming committee for them at two two hundred Mansfield. So I hope to see you all there. It will be a great opportunity to show the opposition to this broker process and also to the pipeline itself. So I hope to see you there. Um, but more generally, Quebec is really supporting struggles against pipelines and colonialism. It's important to remember uh, that colonialism is a big part of the problem when we talk about climate change and extractivism. And then we also support campaigns for fossil fuel divestment, which is happening on a lot of campuses. I'm from McGill and part of the campaign there. There's also one at Concordia and a couple other schools in Quebec. Um, and we support climate justice and transition towards a totally renewable energy future. So as youth, social and political engagement is really important. Um, It's exciting to know that we're more connected than any generation before us, so I was just live tweeting some of this, uh, some of the things that people were saying, and you can see news from all across the world instantaneously. We hear what things are happening. We know what's going on, and we're more politically connected, I think, than ever before. So that makes it easier for us. Um, It's also very important for us to engage with the issues that are important to us, including climate change, and to work to support and implement climate solutions. Um, so one thing that's important is our representatives and decision makers really need to be held accountable to us. I think sometimes as youth is easy to say, well, you know, we can't do anything, but we do have an impact. Um, the government right now is elected largely by youth vote, right, and our votes are important, our voices are important, so we need to make sure that they are being heard um, and holding our decision makers accountable. Uh, we're lucky to see the government right now is denying climate change like her past one, thankfully, uh, but we also need to know that there's a new kind of climate denial where, you'll say, you know, we do need to take climate action, but then be supporting pipelines and sands. so you really need to make sure that as we're moving forward, we understand what climate denial is and how we can fight against it, um, and support our, our decision makers in making the decisions that are going to be right for us, right for our communities, right for the country and everyone who lives in the world, essentially. Um, so, as youth, we're the change makers of tomorrow, but more importantly, we're the change makers of today. So we can push our decision makers and hold them accountable, we can also go out and implement our own solutions in our own communities and work with the other generations, other people in our communities, to make the world that we really want to see for our future. So hopefully we can all work together and hear some of the solutions for that today. Thanks so much.
0: They finished off with François Jeppri from Villeré en Transition, who focused on local solutions.
1: Voilà. Donc euh, je suis ici. Je représente en Transition, qui est un organisme citoyen, un organisme du quartier, un collectif. Ville transition est membre du réseau des initiatives de transition. C'est quoi les initiatives de transition Le réseau des villes en transition a été créé en 2005 en Angleterre par Robert Kings. Euh, a émergé depuis un partout dans le monde. Il y a aujourd'hui plusieurs centaines d'initiatives de, transi- de transition dans différents pays du monde. C'est quoi essentiellement l'idée de ville en
0: transition C'est l'idée que le... really cool Ville en transition. And then the discussion period started. There were so many people represented families, babies, young adults, adults, and elders. There was a facilitator at each table. Everyone focused on a certain topic, such as agriculture, the economy, or local solutions. Then they were presented with a series of questions 1. What can we do locally to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions? 2. What can the government do to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions? Three, how can we stimulate our economy while reducing our emissions? And four, what can Canada do to adapt to the impacts of climate change and support impacted populations, including Aboriginal communities? Each person responded individually on a post-it that were all placed in the middle of the table. The facilitator collected them, and then discussions began to erupt all across the room. Each group had to come to a conclusive answer to all four questions within the 50-minute allocated time period. I sat down at a table with François Geoffrey from Vrilier en Transition, who was focusing on local solutions. Here's what they had to say.
2: it's completely overwhelming when you think about the... Of, of that day to day, oh, what am I going to buy? I can't buy Nestle anymore, and I can't buy this anymore, and I can't buy meat anymore and cheese. I can't buy, you know, corn products. And like, it's overwhelming. What do you do? It I, is. I think individuals who are just trying to live, I think that it's too much to ask.
1: Okay, so basically, um, we'll just try to uh, find uh, which way we want to go because time is yeah. going fast. Do we want to ask for? Top-down solutions, the government must do something. Cut oil subsidies, invest in this. Or bottom-up solution: the government must help people everywhere to create both. Both. what you think. It's both, so both. <laughs> we want to ask for both. Maybe, since we have only 30 seconds, maybe we could choose one of each. Which top-down solution do we want to ask first? Oil subsidies. Cut yeah, oil, oil subsidies? Uh, publicly. 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 Like, how, how much do we know about who gets the subsidies? I don't, I only know, I trust what I've been told. It's not been a public issue, publicly okay. stated, because it's embarrassing. It contradicts what's said publicly about the intention of the government. So, cutting it publicly, and at the same time, there's it's, it's a dynamism which is important. Uh, Great. Right. To say the top down So we have up. this one. Bottom yes. up solution. Like a seesaw, huh? Like a seesaw, which is hopeful. Well, I, I think local food is the most important thing locally, and it's the most encouraging thing for people. It will increase health. It right away has economic impact. And it will also be clean and green. we do it the right way. Okay?
2: I can I think Canada has specific issues with that, yeah mean hard
1: We don't teach uh, ecological food in the universities anywhere. Yeah, yeah. and there are we, many, we many, speak. many ways, we have a lot of clean energy in Canada, yeah. there are many, many ways to uh, grow food in uh, urban cities, indoors even, uh, with the proper kind of energy, so that's...
0: Then, a folk from every table got up and discussed their answers. It was amazing to see everyone so engaged and involved in such an important issue. These submissions will be reviewed as part of the Climate Action Plan and considered during the final drafting of the plan. When attending the consultation, I'm reminded how important it is not to forget how small actions can be have big impact. The people here discussing these issues were not experts on the current state of climate change in the Canadian economy, although some were. They were regular folks just wanting to see a change in their community, in their country. They were families wanting to forge a better future for their children. The day finished off with a closing speech from Elsie Lefebvre, strategist in the electrification of transport here in Montreal. She grew up in Villeray. She really gave a sense of community to this whole event and showed how small actions can have a big impact on a grand scale. And then, and-
1: participation matin.
0: I really enjoyed attending this event, and it felt great to be surrounded by so many people caring so passionately for climate action. And I'm very excited to see what the final result of these Canada-wide consultations are. That's it for another episode of The Climate Show. The Climate Show is a CKUT co-presentation and airs every Monday from 8.30 to 9. Climate change isn't over, but our show is. See you next week.